about these t-shirts. We have them available to you in Cafe Diem, Cafe Diem, Radiant Cafe, um, in the back there, in the lobby, there's just $5. Just we're asking just a little bit of a donation, basically, to cover the cost. Now, my guess is we're going to run out of them. It's okay, we'll have an order form, too, if you don't see. There's lady sizes and men's sizes back there. And second of all, we have new uh, stickers with our Radiant Burst logo that you can grab also for your vehicles, for your computers, whatever. That's also back at Radiant Cafe. So if you want any of that stuff, whoa, go back there after service, all right? All right. I love my church. We're just going to jump right in, if you will. So will you please go to Mark chapter 2. It's found in the Newer Testament. Mark chapter 2. One of the joys of being on stage is to hear paper turning. I love it. Mark chapter 2, we're going to look at the first five verses. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have your tablet or your phone, it will be on the screen for you as well. Mark chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 1. And here we go this morning. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Verse 3, some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, the roof above Jesus by what, friends? One more time with a little passion. Thank you. Awesome. They began to get to Jesus by digging through the roof. And then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their what? I want you to notice that. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And that is an amazing story. Because what I think is so amazing about that story is the power of desperation. When we're desperate in our lives, sometimes we go to extreme measures. Think about the day after Thanksgiving. How many Black Friday shoppers? Yeah! Talk about desperate and doing extreme things. Right? Mass chaos. Black Friday. There's some of you who will get to the store at 3, 4 in the morning and wait out in freezing cold line for that deal. Am I right? You don't want to admit it this morning, do you? Some of you. There are people, I love driving by Best Buy on like Thanksgiving. Just drive. There are people camping. Like tents. I went by one time when uh, my family lived up in Grand Rapids. And I kid you not, this dad and his two sons had a huge, two tents actually, they had the sleeping quarters and then they had like one of those canopy things, they had a 50 inch television playing video games, waiting, this was Thanksgiving day, like at least they're going to entertain themselves, right? But we will go to extreme measures and do drastic things when desperation comes our way. I don't like Black Friday shopping for deals, I like it to people watch, because a lot of times 
they give me illustrations to use in messages. And I love the holiday season. I, I just do. I enjoy the, the, seeing the decorations and, and all that. Uh, several years ago, my wife and I were first married, and I was a research scientist in the pharmaceutical realm. And I worked on Thanksgiving Day. Um, I decided to make a little extra cash. I wasn't going to come back home to Sturgis for Thanksgiving that day. I stayed up to work. And, but there was a deal. Flat screen televisions like, were just hitting the market. And you guys remember the big, some of you, we may, we may still have the big tube thing, uh, televisions in our homes. And they just came out, and there was a really good sale. I thought it was a good sale for a 32-inch flat screen, off-brand for $550. Like, you can get that dirt for like $150, $200 now, right? I spent $550, and it was at Home Depot of all places. So, and, and it said in the flyer, 10 we have 10. So I've never woken up early to go to one of these things before. And we get there, and we're about between 12, 13, 14, 15 in line there. We wake up at 3.30, get there by 4. I mean, it's one of those just crazy things I did. And I decided, hey, family's in line. We didn't have kids at the time. My wife and sister-in-law and her boyfriend there. And I counted how many people were in front of us. So I was calculating in my mind, well, if all the people before me go after the TV, I'm not getting one. Like, what a bummer to wake up and get in line that early and get not what you want, right? I mean, it's just horrible. So I decided, you know what? We, when they open the door, we will not get a cart. Like, that's just going to slow us down. We're just going to go straight for where the TV is. And they opened the doors. And it wasn't the mad rush. It was really good. Slow process. I mean, they had two, guys, two people out there making sure everything went orderly. And we went in, and the person in front of us in line stopped to get a cart. I buzzed around the corner, jumped some people, you know, and I put my hands on the last one. The person in front of us in line who grabbed the cart then came and goes, oh, they're sold out of the TVs. So I felt horrible. So I took that TV and went to her cart and said, ha ha, it's mine, right? <laughs> I wasn't going to lie. No, I, I was smart. I skipped the cart and put my hand on a TV, right? But we'll do desperate things. And we'll do, when we're desperate, we'll do extreme things. I really did not say ha ha to her, right? I really did not. I was trying to live like Jesus in that moment. I should have probably given her it, but too bad. <laughs> when we're desperate, we'll do extreme things. Imagine if your life was at stake. Imagine if someone else's eternity is at stake every day that you see them. And they're going to spend eternity away from the presence of God. Are you desperate enough to get them to Jesus? Because we're desperate enough to get that good deal on Black Friday. But do we care enough about that person who we work with? About that classmate? About that teammate? About that family member? About that friend? Do you care enough? What I love about this story, this is just simple five verses that Mark writes for us about this account. We see Jesus entering Capernaum. Capernaum's on the Sea of Galilee. It's his home base. 
where 80% of the ministry is done all around there. And Jesus just draws huge crowds to him. They follow him. He's doing miracles. He's doing amazing things. And everyone is hearing what Jesus is doing. So, of course, when he goes to his house, or to a house, we don't know whose house it was, it's jammed, packed full of people. There's gatherers in the house. The doors are blocked. My guess is it's so busy that everyone is relaying messages. Those who are really close to Jesus in the house is probably playing that telephone tag we played as a kid, right? Hey, Jesus said he's awesome. Hey, Jesus said he's cool. Jesus is amazing, right? And they play this tag. This is a packed house to hear this guy named Jesus. And a paralyzed guy who can't walk, who can't do anything for himself, who's at the mercy of his friends, wants to get to Jesus. And four men are going to do everything they can to get him. Here's a model of what a house looked like at the time of Jesus. This is first century. There's one room, one floor level. The stairs are on the outside of the home. The top is, is, is a flat roof where they probably could have a, a meal if they wanted to. If not, it acted as a prayer area, also to dry laundry. They could do that up here, but it wasn't used a whole lot. So imagine Jesus in this house, and there is just crowds everywhere. And here comes four guys carrying their friend on a mat. And they get there, and there's no room. And I've said this before. Desperation will make you do extreme things. Desperation will make you do extreme things. For those guys, we don't just want our friend to get outside of the house to hear Jesus. We have to get our friend to Jesus. They take him on top of the roof and begin to just tear away the roof. And can you imagine being in service like today and all of a sudden that roof is where seeing pieces come down? You're like, that's weird. Like, wh why are four dudes up there? How many of us know that we need friends in our lives that will do extreme things when we need help? We need people in our lives who's willing to tear the roof off so we can get to Jesus. When we're having marital problems, when we're having financial problems, when we're having any relational problems, when we have addiction problems, we need people in our lives who will do extreme things to get us to Jesus Christ. To put us back on track. And these four guys were willing to tear the straw, the post, and they helped manure was one of the things they used to make homes. They tear through the manure. Sometimes we have to dig through manure to get people to Jesus. It's messy. Because brokenness is messy. Sin is messy. There's people in our sphere of influences who are living broken lives that need Jesus Christ. But that's really messy. 
These four men in this story did everything to get their paralytic friend to Jesus. May we be the same thing to people that we knew who were lost. Jesus ends up healing the man. And he says in verse 12 at the end, he got up, referring to the paralytic man, he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This what, friends? This amazed everyone, and they what? They praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Can you imagine that church service? To go in and be like, hey, we're just wanting to hear Jesus, and all of a sudden, the roof's coming in, a dude is being lowered in a mat, and Jesus does some things, it's his son, your, your sins are forgiven, get up and walk. And the guy that you knew in the community who could not walk, who was at the mercy of everyone else, gets up and walks out. He'd say, I didn't see that coming. But what I love is this right here in verse 12. When the four friends did desperate, were desperate to get their friends to Jesus, that friend, and did extreme things, out of extreme things, what happens? They praise God. Remember in the verse, it says, Jesus saw their faith, and Jesus healed the man. I wonder if the paralytic, when Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven, I wonder if the paralytic was like, I, I came here to be healed and walk, not my sins. I mean, Jesus, don't you see me? I'm lying here. I cannot walk. Sins are my last thing. I, I'm worried about my bones to be able to walk out of here, Jesus. But Jesus says, no, it's the faith of your friends. And that verse always confused me. Why was that? Because I think the faith of their friends was they would not take no for an answer. It wasn't good enough for the friends just to bring him to the outside. They said, no, we will do everything in our power to get this guy to Jesus. If that means looking crazy and digging through the roof, that's what we're going to do. And I think God honors crazy things like that are extreme measures that we'll do to get people to Jesus. And in this story, I see four groups of people, three groups of people. There's those that gather. They were in the house. I mean, they knew Jesus was coming. They were there 15, 20 minutes early, right? Like, how many of you are the early people? You get to the place, you're going to be there early. Is there anyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there's the door blockers who got there right on time or a little late. The house is packed and they're just blocking the doors. How many of you guys are the late arrivals? You admit it, you're late. Yeah. Yes. We know some of you who like to always come in late just to hear, right? There's those two groups of people. But there's the third group of the four friends who I call roof raisers. Roof raisers are people who do everything and go to extreme lengths to get people to Jesus. And friends, I think we can relate to the paralytic man in this story. We've ever, we've 
may have been that man who spiritually we were paralyzed. Or maybe we know someone in our life that they are spiritually paralyzed. They are lost. They are wandering. And you know we have to do everything in our power to get them to experience and encounter Jesus and get them into the presence of God. We're not going to do that if we're just a bunch of gatherers. We're going to do it if we're a bunch of roof raisers. So let's tear off the roof. Let's make room. Let's do everything we can to pack this house to get people into the presence of God. Man, I wish I had more people to say amen because that's the most significant thing in our calling. We need to do everything to get people into the presence of God. Amen? Come on, that's, that's, that's our purpose. You want to know why you were, God created you. He created you to bring glory to His name. You are the message of Jesus Christ as a follower of Jesus. To those people at school, to those people in the workplaces, to those people on the baseball field and the soccer field, to those people in your neighborhood, you are Jesus. Get them into the presence of God. Back a year ago, I did a message called um, to have blue eyes. Blue was the color of the priests in the Old Testament. God chose the color blue for the priests. And then in the Newer Testament, Peter tells us that we are the new priests because we carry the message of God to this world. We are always to be viewing the world and circumstances through blue eyes. That you are the message of Jesus Christ. And we need roof raisers to bring people to Jesus. So what are we going to do? One more thing. Proximity is pivotal to life change. Let me hear you say it with me, please. Proximity is pivotal to life change. How many of you know this to be true? The roof raisers did. The roof raisers, again, said, we have to get him to Jesus in his presence. Everything that matters in life as we begin to grow and walk closer to Jesus, proximity matters. We can't stay at home and just try to worship God on ourselves. God created the church, not just the gathering. Gathering is great. But he called us to go and be the church, not just to attend church. And one of our messages is we need people here to encounter Jesus, to see you worshiping freely. We freely receive, let's freely give. The way you handle situations, people have eyes always looking. But proximity is pivotal to life change. We need people into the presence of God. Simple invitations. Over and over. Hey, I got rejected last time I invited someone. Invite him again. Well, I got rejected a second time. Invite him again. Why? Because those roof raisers in the story knew proximity is pivotal to life. So what's our response out of this? What are we going to do as a church if we're going to be a bunch of roof raisers from Mark chapter 2 to do everything in our power, to do extreme things, to get people to Jesus? Why? Because proximity is pivotal to life change. 
The first is this. There are 35,000 people in St. Joe County who are unchurched. 35,000 people who are going to spend eternity separated from the presence of God. That includes 11, that, this number does not, this number, 11,000 added to this in LaGrange County, just below us, who are unchurched. There are 54,000, 90, I gotta do math now, 46,000 unchurched people in our county and the county below us. Proximity is pivotal to life. So what are we going to do as a church? We've heard this said before. October 2nd, we're moving to two services. 9 and 10.30. Why? Because there are 35,000 people who are unchurched in our, in our county and we'll do everything to get them here. We will be roof raisers who will do extreme things. And if it's two services, it's two services. Why? Because proximity is pivotal to life change. They need room to encounter Jesus. They need to see you worship the God who changes lives. We'll do everything in our power to get people to Jesus Christ. Short of sinning, but we'll do extreme things. Now I know some of you, again, will say, ah, I don't like the two service thing. It, breaks the family up. I like, I like the big coziness and I won't see all my friends. And Ready? Attend one. Serve one. Say it with me. Attend one. Serve one. Guess what? Then you see everyone. And it's great. We can be a happy family again. It's awesome. But the church needs a bunch of roof raisers who will say, absolutely, I'm all for it. Let's do, because there are 35,000 people unchurched in our area that need to experience Jesus Christ. And we want to be the church that creates room. I hope all the other churches in our community do this too. Create room for people to encounter Jesus. There's a rule that in pastor world, we know this rule to be called the 70 rule. When you're 70% full, you look 100% full. Three areas you look at. Number one, you look at the parking lot. How packed is your parking spaces? Number two, you look in your kids' area. How packed is your kids' ministry? And lastly, you look in the sanctuary. You can look around. We're a packed house. We are over, over 90%. We're probably 90% full this morning. That's packed. So we're going to create more to get people to experience encounter Jesus Christ. So thank you, church, for doing what we're called to do, inviting our friends and neighbors. Now, I know for some of us, how many of you are introverts? Yep, the ones that didn't raise their hands, because introverts don't even like to do that. I was talking to Dave and Lori Northrup yesterday uh, morning, and I said, I am an introvert by nature. I like to be alone. I need to be alone to refresh. I don't like, even when I say, hey, high five three people around you, I know introverts, you hate that, right? I hate that. But you know what? It's just being friendly. It's just being, hey, high five, cool, good to see you. I hate it. So it's hard from sometimes. You extroverts, you're like, woohoo, high five everyone. Like, you know who the extroverts are. 
Introverts, it's really hard to invite people to church because we're introverted. And I'm one of you. Let's watch this video on a way not to invite someone. Invite someone. Invite someone. It doesn't have to be that hard. In fact, we're gonna, next week you're going to get invite cards. We're going to ask you to invite one person. I was hoping they would be here this week, but that brown truck never came. <laughs> but here's what we're going to do when you get those. Each one, reach one. Say it with me. Each one, reach one. Each one of us, if we invite one person, will reach one person. And that's our goal. October 2nd, when we go to two services, will be our brand new series titled, How to Be Brave. When life throws that curveball and we are stressing out with anxiety, how do we get through those moments? That's what we're going to invite people to, to experience the two services beginning October 2nd. Each one, reach one. Turn to your neighbor and say, each one, reach one. Turn to your other neighbor and say, each one, reach one. And the introverts, we know we didn't say anything, but that's all right. Each one, reach one. Because we'll do everything like the roof raisers were in Mark chapter 2 to get people to experience an encounter with Jesus Christ. I'm going to close with a quote from Jude Wilhite. He's a pastor out at Las Vegas. Talk about a tough city to minister to. Ooh. He says this, ministry is messy because sin is messy. Get over it. Get a mop and start helping to clean it up. Love it. Straightforward. It's going to cause us sometimes to get messy. Because sin's messy. But when Jesus comes into a person's life and is transformed, there is nothing like it. Who are you going after? May we, Radiant Life, do everything and have a will willingness to do whatever it takes to reach the lost. That's this part of our shirts, the bottom part. Share His love. Next week, we're going to talk about the top part of our shirts, the live, live like Jesus, with a question, are you a fan of Jesus or are you a follower of Jesus? So I think in the American church, we have a lot of fans. They aren't followers of Jesus. Let's each one reach one. Let me pray for you. Father God, you have called us to something great. You called us to be the church, to bring hope and healing to broken people. I pray as we saw the story, God, when you, Jesus, when you were in the house and it was so packed that those four men took and went to the extreme lengths to get their friend to you. I pray for us that we would be a bunch of roof raisers who create as much opportunity for people to encounter Jesus, to experience you. Father, in the stillness and quiet of our hearts right now, would you reveal that person that we're to invite?
And Father, maybe it's more than one. Father, as I said, I have a tendency to be introverted. I pray that you would give us the spirit of courage to invite. Give us the spirit of strength to invite. And may we be Jesus in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, and in our schools. We ask this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. I shared a couple weeks ago that one thing on my heart is when I go out to eat to pray uh, for our waiter or waitress. And I shared a couple weeks ago of a moment where I knew I should have, but I didn't. And a week ago, I was in Buffalo Wild Wings. And I was scared out of my mind to do it. I paid for the meal. And I told our waiter, Jose, I said, hey, and I gave him a tip. He says, thank you. I said, but one thing. There's something I can be praying for you about. He says, I've been doing some awful things. And I'm trying to get my life back on track. He says, can I just be vulnerable to you? I need prayer. But he says, be praying for my family too. Because they've walked with me through all of this. And I, after, I said, Jose, I'll be praying for you. My family stayed around and that, I, I didn't see him anymore. But are we the church being willing to do extreme things? That was an extreme thing for me to do. But I know I am praying every day for Jose. And his walk with Jesus Christ. Let's be the church that's willing to raise the roof for people. To make room for people to experience God. Amen? Remember, each one, or each, <laughs> you know it better than I do. Each one, hey, be praying about who you're inviting, who's on your mind. And next week, it's our next steps. Where are we going to go as followers of Jesus? Blessing to you guys. You can pick up t-shirts, window stickers, everything at Radiant Cafe. People are already getting there before you. You better run, all right? Blessings.